welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, into episode 34 of the Get Around Podcast. I know I say this every week, but I can't believe we're still going, guys. It's, it is amazing that they are continuing to allow us to, to do this show on a weekly basis, but uh, here we are. Uh, Despite our many foibles. Yes, our numerous and endearing foibles, I would say. But yes, here we are in the offices of the Traverse City Record Eagle. This is the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley, joining me in the studio this week. My compatriots, we've got... James Cook. Jake Adnip. Brett Summers. We've got a full house and a full show. A little bit later on, we've got Thomas Hersey. Uh, James and I sat down with him last week uh, before he uh, then went on to win two tournaments, uh, shot a couple of 71s, and uh, also helped his team win a couple of tournaments. Uh, that'll be coming up a little bit later. We'll talk about uh, Glen Lake Athletics, uh, Frankfurt uh, Baseball and Softball, West uh, Elk Rapids, and North Bay Girls Soccer. We'll talk a little track and field, uh, and uh, we'll talk some golf as well. We'll get into the Get Around Hall of Fame. We have three more candidates up for nomination this week. We have got the Hambone. Uh, we'll end the show with the, the Hambone this week. We are based on... Uh, a revelation that I had uh, a, a few days ago about uh, one of my uh, fellow co-hosts here. Uh, we are going to be talking about our favorite athletes or the most famous athletes uh, with that, that we share our first name with or with whom we share our first name because I don't want to end a sentence in a preposition. That's just, that's just bad grammar. It's always a quandary. It's always a quandary to either to sound like a douche and say it correctly <laughs> Or sound like an idiot and say it incorrectly? Well, I don't think you necessarily sound like an idiot if you do end it. It just feels wrong to end it in a preposition, that's yes, all. Yes, but you do sound like a douche if you say it correctly. Yes. <laughs> With whom we share our first name. Those are the athletes we will be discussing a little bit later. But before we get into any of that, we were just like rolling around. I feel like we're being efficient this week. I we're haven't rolling. even... We haven't laughed yet. I, and I haven't gotten off track or... I'm <laughs> You're really, purposely doing I'm, it right I'm now. really kind of like... We're, we're doing the show just the, the way the show should be done. Mm-hmm. Running through it, you know, top to bottom. Yeah. I haven't... I haven't gotten off track yet. It's pretty incredible that I haven't gotten off track. Wouldn't you guys agree? I would. Yeah. Thank you, TCAPS, for having a board meeting tonight that Brendan has to go to. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely true. Um, so, uh, you'll also, a little bit later, you will find out how you can win uh, two free movie passes to the State or Bijou Theaters. We're going to try to give these away again. We've, we've done it a few times before and uh, haven't gotten any participation, but this time around... It's so easy to participate. All you have to do is uh, is click, and you are entered to win two free movie passes to the State of Bijou Theater. But we'll see. We'll see if we've, we'll go from getting several likes, uh, retweets, and shares to getting zero because nobody wants to win movie passes. Perhaps the uh, cinema industry start, should start paying attention to this trend in Traverse City that nobody wants to go to the movies anymore. Unless you want to go see the Avengers Infinity War, and then it seems like everybody's going there. Unfortunately, I don't think they're showing the uh, Infinity War at the State or Bijou Theaters. They weren't last week, but maybe they will be. Probably. Maybe. Because I had to go see it at the other theater. But 
before we get into all of that, let's check the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse. The, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, probably the biggest storyline right now in the area is Kalkaska softball. They are the Blazers are blazing hot. If we can continue to. Uh, to kind of beat that marriage into the ground. Uh, they're 18 and one. They lost their first game over the weekend uh, to Constantine, um, but they are relying on a, a wealth of talent: uh, Mackenzie Wilkinson, Mackenzie Leach, uh, Angela I, uh, Kayla Cavanaugh, and uh, Taylor uh, Kustra. Really, just propelling that team forward as they uh, are just blowing teams out of the water with their offense and with sound defense and really great pitching. Now I think you make a. Funny point. You just named five people who are pushing a team forward. Normally we're talking about one or two girls on these softball teams who are, you know, pushing in four or five runs or just doing really well from the circle. This is over half of their starting nine that is putting up numbers that nobody else in the area is even coming close to. So if you think about it, it is, this is really just a story of how good this team is. It's not about any one of these players. It's how they got five five girls to perform as they did. Yeah, and I mean, we all know how great of a season and career Mackenzie Wilkinson has had. You know, she's their career home run leader. Um, but the interesting thing is is that uh, not only is she their career home run leader, their second leading career home run. Kustra. List. Yeah, is currently on the team. Yeah, Kustra is second in the school history in home runs. And uh, so they have the one and two in school history on the same team. And then probably the two, be- maybe the two of the best pitchers in school history as well with Leach and Wilkinson. It seems like the season just started yesterday. Yet I look at their record. It did pretty and, much. And they're eighteen and one. And I went, all right. So yeah, we're we're rolling toward the toward the end of the season here. Uh, can Kalkaska maintain this hot play? Was the loss on Saturday a good thing for them? Maybe uh, I don't know if there was at that point in the season there was any pressure of trying to go undefeated. I would say probably not, maybe at this point, but I, I do wish that I knew a little bit more about Constantine. I don't, uh, I mean, I would assume they were good. It's going to take a good team to beat Kalkaska, but, um, you know, where it falls as far as a measuring stick and what it may mean come the postseason is kind of, a, I guess, a shot in the dark to know what maybe it, it means, if anything, more than it's just a loss. We knew that Kalkaska was going to be good going into the year. We knew that they had a lot of talent, um, especially with with uh, Leach and Wilkinson coming back off of uh, great seasons uh, that they had last year. And, and doing what they're doing this year, does that team have the potential for a, a long run uh, come come the postseason? Well, I, uh, I talked to Coach Ponstein uh, last weekend before they went to the tournament that they uh, – that they did against with Adrian and Constantine. And um, they played Adrian on Friday, and they really had a little bit of trouble putting up some runs on Friday. And they got away in the late innings, and I think when they turned around and did that uh, couple games on Saturday, it really might have just been a burnout. I think they played something like nine games in four days. Um, so I don't think it has anything to do with their abilities going forward. Um, I just think that it all building up, you know, having the same girls in the circle every day and having the – the heat that this team has, you know, 19 games and especially playing so many in such a short amount of time, I don't know if it's, you know, almost sustainable to keep that up. So I don't think the loss really means much for Kalkaska. I just think that it just 
came at a time when they needed to, uh, you know, take not maybe not to take a break, but to like, um, you know, regather their bearings. Getting back to your recent question, Brendan. Um, I mean, I think they're you know we talked about it a little last week. I think they had set a new goal of you know getting and winning a regional title this year. And uh, I mean, you look at the some of the other teams that they have played already as far as, um, you know, who might be in those same brackets come playoff time and, you know, the likes of uh, Gladstone, who really has kind of been Kalkaska's um, most formidable competition once you get to the postseason. I mean, they've already beaten them and beaten them pretty handily. So, you know, maybe there's another Class B school out there that's on the rise. Um, but we know Kalkaska's on the rise, so I mean, I, I think I think their chances of you know accomplishing the goal that they set at the beginning of the year is seems pretty attainable. Is a state title a possibility? Are they a contender for it right now? I know regular season, and despite being 19 games in, it's still kind of early in terms of the the amount of days uh, on the field so far. I mean. I- I feel like it'd be foolish to say that they aren't going to be a contender. I mean, it, it all plays off, it plays out in the playoffs, and that really is what it comes down to. But if you look at the best teams in the state right now, Kalkaska has to be up there. You know, they've been dominating teams left and right, and the majority of their games haven't even been close. And even the one I was talking about, you know, that they lost or they won five to one against Adrian last Friday. You know, it was close until the fourth or fifth inning, and then they just blew it open for another four runs. So I think it's that type of thing that it's. They definitely have the potential to make a run. It just matters if they'll be able to sustain it over this really short season. Well, no doubt they will be a team that is going to be fun to watch uh, for the rest of the season and hopefully through the postseason. Uh, why don't we go ahead now and move along to some of the other storylines from last week and moving on into this week and get into the Bolton board. Uh, we saw last week Kate Peterson had a couple of home runs. Uh, we had a multi-homer game for Glen Lake uh, early last week, and that kind of struck me because uh, seven and four is Harrison Beebe getting his weekly shout out as he always does. I saw a tweet from him where he was um, he can now count himself among the people who have seen Kate Peterson throw a touchdown pass. Uh, dunk a basketball and hit a home run and he's done all three of those uh this year and peterson transferred from lake city to glen lake uh for his junior and senior year and so it got me thinking where is the glen lake athletic program without kate peterson Uh, i don't think that they go to a football state championship game uh his junior year and i don't think that they go to a uh, basketball state championship game uh, his senior year they would have been certainly good last year when he was a junior, but when he was a quarterback, and they went to the state finals. But I think that he was that extra piece, um, that 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 quarterback who was a dual threat guy who could, uh, you know, air it out, throw a fifty yard touchdown, or with his legs, pick up a first down, break a thirty yard run, uh, do all that. I think he was that extra missing piece that added to that run and, and kind of made that. Um, and as far as the basketball run this year, I mean. We all saw how that kind of came to a, a screeching halt when he got hurt in that game. Um, so it, he definitely made a an impact there as well. And he's and he's just a leader too. I mean, he's a I think he's a guy one of the kind of the guys that other guys on the team look up to, not just because he's six foot six. I think that last part that you mentioned, James, is um, 
almost in in this circumstance or, or question, um, I think is the most important because, I mean, how, you know, you see players transfer all the time and, uh, you know, good players that go elsewhere and, and make an impact, but, you know, to essentially step on to Glen Lake campus um, as a new face and become a leader in the amount of time that he did uh, is, is pretty impressive, I think, speaks to his character and uh, his determination. And, um, you know, I, I think it also reflects on uh, positively on his teammates that, you know, they were willing to accept a new face like that and, and follow a, a guy that, you know, wasn't technically one of them for all those years growing up like, uh, you know, tends to be the case at a small school like Glen Lake. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he just he just stepped in there and was, I don't know. If I, I went to a couple of football practices over the last couple of years to you know take pictures or do interviews and stuff like that, and he never messes around during practice. I mean, you see sometimes when you have other kids, you know, they they'll be just laughing, joking, messing around, goofing off a little bit or anything like that. You never see him do that during practice. I mean, he's just like laser focused. You know, we're going to get the most out of this time and and just do this. One program seeing a lot of success on the baseball and softball diamond right now is Frankfurt. Baseball team is 12-2. and two. The softball team is 14-2. Uh, and two. What does that say about the depth of talent uh, on both those teams and the uh, the programs themselves uh, in terms of their, their success so far this season? Well, I think really it... Um comes as no surprise that it's Frankfurt that's just that's just what Frankfurt does they uh they're always reloading you know the the community is always supportive of the entire athletic program and you know they have the um systems in place that you know to make sure that those younger classes coming up are ready to go once they get to high school and it's just kind of a not that it doesn't take a lot of work but it is a little bit of a rinse and repeat type of thing with them I think one of the when we spoke with Jalen Rogers uh, and Matt Loney when we had them in here, one of the more interesting things that we learned from them was uh, how much of an effort they put into um, community outreach. All of the athletic teams, especially you know the high school ones that are reaching down to the lower levels to work with the kids and be part of the community, uh, that I'm assuming really has to help the continued success of the program. Yeah, I mean, it just. Uh like you said, trickling down to the to the lower levels, generating an excitement there. It's something I think that some coaches at, at some schools maybe don't invest enough time in as as they should. Um, you don't necessarily have to do it yourself, but you you know kind of make sure that somebody's doing that so you get that excitement at the lower levels and and get those kids involved and keep them and and have them stay involved and keep a love for the game. And I think having those kids that they look up to on the high school field have some interaction with those kids is a way to do that definitely yeah james to that point i i definitely agree that a lot of coaches might not invest a lot of time but i think a lot of the players um see that from the younger kids when they play and when they succeed um you know i've talked to a lot of high school athletes that in general when they see little kids at the football games or at the basketball games wearing their jerseys and i remember we talked about the guys down at the breslin when you know, all the family members made jerseys with their names on. Just seeing the little kids, you know, running around screaming their names, saying, you know, go, go Glen Lake or go Frankfurt, go, go, you know, go who, go whoever. It definitely 
sparks an interest in not even just the little kids, but the communities because the the parents see their kids so enthralled. So their parents, you know, take kid, their kids to the games, and when it feeds in and it becomes a community aspect, that's when programs can succeed. Next item up on the bulletin board, uh, girls soccer. You've seen Traverse City West uh, went undefeated last week, three and zero. Elk Rapids continuing to just build steam and, and prove that they are uh, a, a quality contending team out there. And then North Bay. Uh, you saw what they did at the Blazer Cup and uh, getting big performances in three games from Sydney Dedman and Paige Kohler. I mean, I don't think anybody was really surprised by TC West or Oak Rapids. I mean, those are two teams who were supposed to be good this year with, with the talent that they had coming back. Um, and North Bay is a little bit more of a surprise, I guess. I mean, and they've always been a team that's been pretty competitive. We knew Dedman but, was going to be good and we just because she's a, she's a legit contender, a contender for a Soccer Player of the Year. Yeah, and, and you know, and Kohler has been a solid athlete for them in other sports this season. Um, you know, the, the the return of Joanne Ogamon goal for them will be huge. I mean, she's you know a big athletic girl there in goal. And you and I were talking about this uh, before we got on the air, but they lost two nothing to Elk Rapids uh, last week. And but you saw that uh, Ogamon had eighteen saves and was, I mean, really putting on a show there. It could have been. Could have been a lot worse without uh, if she wasn't in goal. Yeah, I mean, it could have been a mercy. I mean, you, I mean we all know how good Elk Rapids is uh, and everything. But to hold them to two goals with the offense that Elk Rapids has is, uh, is a pretty amazing performance on 20 shots. Uh, on to uh, track and field. Uh, our guest from uh, last week, Cassidy Henshaw, setting records at the Ken Bell Invite along with uh, fellow Traverse City Central Trojan. Trevor Stevenson uh, also had a big performance from Traverse City West, Eric Labonte, uh, and then outside of the Ken Bell, uh, Hannah Smith uh, setting a uh, another school record, the, the freshman, after she did so in the 1600 earlier. Uh, she did so this time in the 3200. It has been impressive this season so far how many how many school records we've seen, especially given the weather and that they got such a late start, all that, that that, uh, that we've had so many school records fall so early. I mean, Henshaw, that, I mean, six foot, six and a half, I think, is what he got on the, the high jump, broke the old school record by an inch, or the old Ken Bell record. And he still wants to hit seven feet by the end of the season. Yeah. And he's got a good chance, I mean, as he continues to recover from the injury. Yeah, he's not even 100%, I mean, which is kind of scary. Um, and then you got uh, Trevor Stevenson broke the pole vault record. I believe it was 15-9, I think it was. that He, he broke the record by an inch, the, the, the old Ken Bell record, um, uh, by an inch. And that record had been there since, like, 98 or something. And then Hannah Smith just keeps breaking records, and I think she's going to be breaking her own records for quite a while. On the golf side of things, we had, as I had mentioned a little bit earlier about Thomas Hersey, he had a uh, shot 71 at both Lake City and at Treetops uh, to finish first in both of those events and also helped Sutton's Bay to uh, to win, to team wins at both of those events. James and I were fortunate enough to sit down with Mr. Hersey, a very personable fella, uh, really knows what he's talking about. Uh, I really think you're going to enjoy this interview, so why don't we go ahead and listen to it right now. It is our pleasure now to welcome in Sutton's Bay's Thomas Hersey. Thomas, thank you so much for coming to the studio today. We really, really appreciate it. It's always nice to have local athletes uh, in here to talk to us and tell us about how much better they are at sports in high school than, well, myself and uh, in high school and James, I would say. Well, you were a pretty prolific wrestler in high school, James. I was okay. You were okay. (laughs) 
prolific is not the right word, apparently. Yeah. I did um, get recruited by Ferris. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And then Go they balls. dropped it. And then they dropped the wrestling program. So <laughs> right after that. Yeah, uh, Thomas, you are uh, coming off a, a third place finish in the uh, TCT off. Uh, had yourself a seventy one on day one, and then a seventy eight on day two. Uh, we had a chance to Brett I know Brett talked to your dad and I think Jake also talked to your dad and said that you were kind of disappointed with that 78 especially after coming out with a 70 uh, 71 on day one but how did you feel that you you performed uh, in the tee off you know um being early in the season I was I was happy with how I played uh, obviously I look back and there are a lot of shots that I was like well I I could have had those back and losing by just three or four shots I mean it's tough because you can always go back and count the shots we were like wow that that really could have made a difference but yeah I mean obviously like you said I I I thought I was good enough to win that and um it was a bummer but you know it was it was great where I finished I think I'm asking this almost for my own personal knowledge because you are you know a great golfer um uh, I, I've broken 80 a, a few times in my life and uh but what is that one piece of advice that you feel like that it, the game finally clicked for you? What was the one thing? I remember when I started to get somewhat decent at the game that it was there were a couple of things that, you know, quiet shoulders, steady head, you know, focus on a spot on the back of the ball, focus on hitting through the ball uh, instead of just hitting it, hitting, you know, picture yourself hitting through the ball. Um, do you remember what it was where you're like, oh, wait, I get this game now? Yeah, I mean, I... Um Definitely just taking it one shot at a, shot at a time. Uh, that was one thing I always grew up um, knowing is that and trying to get into a rhythm is like being like what I call addicted to getting better. So I um, all the time would go go to the range, go to the putting green, and just always try to get better because I knew that that would translate to the season and to the, uh, to the courses. So, yeah, I was just loving the game and always wanting to get better was huge for me, getting, getting into it more, getting better. How do you, uh, when you're practicing, how do you know when it's time to to stop? Because there are times that if you're practicing and you get too tired that you might start actually uh, hurting your game a little bit because you might be teaching your body um, ways to hit the ball or ways to look at it that your body shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, so I mean, I I wish I, <laughs> I would go for hours and hours if I could. But yeah, it's it's definitely once you once you start getting to a rhythm and once you start understanding what you're doing and how you're doing it, it's just getting a couple repetitions and then moving on. You gotta just end on a good note and um, make sure that you got what you wanted to get in. But then also, like you said, uh, moving on to something else and uh, yeah, working on just something else to not yeah keep just beating balls and hurting hurting that part of your game. So. Right, because it's a lot of fun to go to a, go to the driving range and just mash the ball, to yeah. swing as hard as you possibly can. You don't have to worry about slicing or hooking or anything like that. Every once in a while, I don't know, maybe one out of every 20, well, at least for, you know, duffers like James and myself, mm -hmm. uh, you know, one out of every 20 when at the range will hit one straight and true and be like, oh, we are amazing golfers. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... How do you, how do you avoid that pitfall of of really teaching yourself when you're at the range? Okay, this is the part of the game that I have to work on. I'm not just going to be sitting here pulling out you know the driver and trying to hit it as hard as I can. Yeah. So I one of the biggest misconceptions is to and going to hit the range is just not not to hit balls. Just you have to focus and you have to make sure 
that you do everything that you do in a tournament. So what I do to um, kind of help myself out is I every single shot I picture the, a course and I picture a hole and I picture where, where I'm hitting the shot. I visualize the shot before I go up to hit it and then I go through my entire routine before I hit the shot just to get the most get the most out of each shot so it's not just going there repetitively beating balls and it's you get something out of it for sure. Um, just looking forward to this season uh, and what is it that your goals are for the season for you for a t- for yourself as an individual and for the team for Suttons Bay? Um, definitely for a team um, we we've worked really hard in the past uh, winter and I think uh, translating to a conference championship and making it to states would be unbelievable um, and just be a testament testament to how much we've worked and uh, how much our guys want it I mean our guys we just we're a team that just loves golf and we love to practice um, we're not just doing it out there just to just to go out and do something we're all out there to get better and we're all out there because we enjoy the game so yeah I think um, make a run at states and then win the conference for sure how about, how, about, how about for you individually? For myself, I mean, I'm looking to win the state championship, but, you know, it's always um, it's always in the back of my mind that i got to take one tournament at a time. So I think just for me, just um, improving as much as I can throughout the season and trying to, trying to win as many tournaments as I can, but at the same time making sure that I'm getting myself better for the postseason and then continuing on. You know, when we were talking a little bit ago, you mentioned that that's something that Frankfurt does pretty well, is that they just kind of coast along, it seems like, in the regular season, and then postseason comes around and they're on fire. Talk a little bit about the Northwest Conference and what you expect to see yeah, this I mean, year. There's, there's a lot of good players uh, in the Northwest Conference from Frankfurt, uh, Glen Lake, Leland. I mean, all those teams um, have legitimately legitimate shots to win the Nor- Northwest Conference. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be tough for us, but um, I think we're ready, and this... Yeah, the other teams, they definitely have a lot of guys, and they, like us, they know how to practice right, and they know what it takes to be in that position. So I think all of, all the teams will have a legitimate shot to win. How difficult has the spring been on golfers? I, I know it's been, you know, baseball and softball players, they can go practice inside and at least get some practice. How, how tough is it for golfers with this spring hanging on the way it was? Yeah, it's extremely tough. I mean, obviously you can go into a room and you can hit shots, but the you only hit them about five feet into a net, so you can't really see, you can't really visualize a shot. And then the biggest thing, I think, um, is putting. Putting, you just can't, you can't uh, make up a green speed. You have to be able to be on the green. You can't make up those slopes. So it's it's definitely um, it's definitely tough for golfers coming off the winter, especially a long one like this, just to go out right away and try to perform on a course. It's it's pretty difficult for sure. Mm-hmm. So what is the off-season program when you can't get out on the course? So Are you just away from the game? Yeah, no, actually, I'm. for me, it's um, before basketball practice or after basketball practice, I um, try to go get some shots in. Um, every weekend, I go to Bay Meadows, and they have an indoor simulator there, and I um, take some lessons with Scott Wilson there, and he's been a big part in just working through my swing, and especially Bay Meadows being available. They have simulators in there, great um, fitness areas, great short game areas. So that's been going there about a couple times a week has been huge and helping me stay, stay um, I guess, consistent throughout the winter, I would say. What's the biggest part of the game that breeds success? Oh, short game for sure. Putting, um, putting is where you make up strokes and putting is where you can also lose strokes. Everyone wants to go out and just smash the drivers and 
see how far they can hit the ball, but it's the time in the short game areas and it's how many putts you can save, whether whether it's a putt for par, even a putt for bogey. I mean, those really add up and those are the reasons why people win tournaments and people lose tournaments for sure. So what part of your game was the one that was the kind of the last to come around or the one that you still struggle with? I, myself, I can be a foot off the green and if you ask me to chip, I can't. I mean, I chili dip so much. <laughs> it's It's extremely frustrating. Either I'll hit it right behind the ball and it'll go a couple inches in front or I'll catch it right on the lip and it scoots all the way yeah. across the green and then 30 yards further. Yeah, I mean even like I, like I just said, I as a kid, I was I was that kid who would go out and just be like, man, I just want to go smash the ball and see how far I can hit. And that's that's always helped me because I've developed some distance with my shots, but definitely short game. I mean, putting you just can't get enough practice of it. So for myself, it's always going to the putting green first, ending the day with the putting green. It's just no matter what it is, I that's probably the weakest part of my game right now, but it's also the part of the game that I need to improve the most. So, um, yeah, just always trying to make that the best I can. Do you have a moment that you can that you look back on and say this is my, I wouldn't say best moment in golf, but your happiest moment in the game of golf, and may and in even inside or outside of competition, whether it is playing around with your dad, who's also your head coach. Um, but is there is there a moment of the game that you look back on and go? I was really happy right then. I would say uh, my freshman year, I was um, able to be a part of our state championship team. I was the fifth man with four seniors. And to be able to um, help win that and see the um, the happiness of the seniors and see how far they came and how hard they worked to be able to finish on that note, it was, it was happy for me, but it was, ha- it was also happy because I was able to see others um, succeed in a great way and end their high school career. So I, de- I think... State championship my freshman year, for sure. You're a pretty fantastic basketball player as well. I'll ask you, I mean, it's it's a simple question to ask, but maybe not such a simple question to answer, but the, the differences between basketball and golf, clearly two different sports, yes. But the mentality, what is the difference of your mental approach to each game? So I think... Um, Obviously, golf is a game of patience, and in basketball, it's kind of tough to have patience because it's very fast-paced, but um, I don't, it's just, they're, they're different in ways, but they're also the same in some ways. I think in basketball, it's more of like a rigorous, like, go at them, like, go, go play your hardest, and it, in the same way, it's golf, but golf, you also have to step back and say, how can I play this smart, or how can I take my time with this when in basketball it's like with the pace of the game you can't really sit back and say all right I'm gonna take my time with this shot and make right. sure <laughs> make sure I do everything right so you know it's it's go- with golf I think you can be a little slower with it and so it's uh you can ease your mind a little more it's not so fast paced obviously like basketball one question that I have is you talked about playing it smart how long did it take for you to learn to play things smart? To say, all right, instead of trying to hit through this tree and go to the green, maybe I'll just, you know, chip out into the fairway and then take it from there. Because myself, I see it as a challenge. If I'm behind a tree and I can see if there's a space about, I don't know, two feet wide that I can try to get the ball through, I'm going to go for it. Because, you know, I'm not playing, it's not a competition for me. I'm not trying to win a tournament. I'm just trying to to see if I can make one miraculous shot. 
when did you learn you got to play it smart? You know, I, I'm still learning how to play it smart. <laughs> there, there are definitely some cases where I do the same thing. It's like, all right, this is a challenge. I'm, I'm going to hit this shot, and I'm going to hit it right, and it's going to go exactly how I want. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But you, you kind of have to analyze um, possibilities. So you kind of have to, if you're behind a tree, say, you're like, all right, I'm going to hook this around, and I'm going to try to roll it up on the green. You're going to say, all right, what are the... What's what's the chances of that, or just like what, how much how much of a shot would it take to pull that off? So, there are some cases where you, we call it taking your medicine. You kind of just have to punch out and take your medicine. But I mean, it's you kind of just have to analyze the situation a little bit more instead of just uh, just step up and say, all right, I'm gonna pull this shot off. You kind of have to weigh out your options and make sure what you're doing is the best for the hole or for the for the score. Absolutely. So you don't live by the mantra that I do, that trees are 90% air. That's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) There's a hole, go for it. (laughs) Is there one of those shots in your career, or, I mean, even just playing a a regular round, not playing in competition, but is there one of those shots that you recall, like, oh, there was that, a story that you'll tell of, you know, I hit this shot through here, or I hit a 90-foot putt that, you know, broke four or five different ways on the green? Yeah, um, I can recall last summer actually, I uh, I was about, I was gonna hit a shot and my dad, um, my dad actually told me he was just like, are you so you thinking about just punching out? And I said no, I'm gonna go under this tree, but then I was gonna go over that tree and try to land on the green. And I actually pulled it off, and he just shook his head at me, and I, <laughs> just thinking, what were you doing? But I mean, I was like, hey, I I pulled it off. So yeah, it was it was one of those shots where I just. I felt it in my head. I was like, Thomas, you're going to pull this shot off. And you're, there was no doubt, uh, there was no way I was going off the side. There was no doubt in my mind that I was going to pull it off. And I mean, it was just, it, I, I played it perfectly. <laughs> Golf is supposed to be like a quiet, reserved kind of a game, right? You're not, it's, you're not playing in front of a roaring crowd and, you know, and you're not playing basketball in front of a roaring crowd or anything like that. You know, you've got the golf clap where everyone's supposed yeah. to politely <laughs> when, when something happens. But, uh, there is a, a lot of emotion uh, in the game. I know that, you know, I go golf with my pops. If I chip one in or he chips one in or I make a long putt or he makes a long putt, I mean, I'm running around like an <laughs> idiot. I'm 34 years old and I'm still, it's 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 that much fun to make a shot like that. Um, do you allow yourself to to have that kind of emotion on the course or do you keep yourself reserved? Um, I, If anyone's ever played um, golf with me, they, they kind of know I'm more... I try to keep my emotions in, and I I have those emotions inside, but you know, just kind of with the way it's going, I I don't like like fist pumping. Or I okay, I'll fist pump every once in a while, but like cheering when you make a shot, just because it kind of like psychs me out, and I, I just try to like stay in the moment, so I just kind of want to move on next shot. Um, if anyone's played basketball with me, though, I I let all the emotions out. I mean, it's it's fist pumping, it's yelling, it's everything like that. So it's kind of two different sports, two different ways to handle the emotions. But I mean, I both ways I love doing so yeah absolutely see when I golf I'm more likely to just you know wrap a club around a tree <laughs> that's going to be my expression of emotion yes. and I am more likely to let loose a string of vulgarities that gets a lot of laughs <laughs> oh from. I've heard this <laughs> some of them are pretty creative and new yes you know that's that's part of the the entertaining part of golf is the new and creative ways I can find to swear out loud I remember when we were playing at Bay Meadows at one time, and you, you shanked one off the tee. <laughs> well, the rest of the story cannot be repeated. That is correct. <laughs> no, I was actually having a pretty good round 
uh, up until that point. And then uh, what? There's that there's that one hole at Bay Meadows where it's par three and it's what like eighty yards or something like hole, that. Hole number three. Yeah, and that for some reason is my kryptonite at that course. I don't know. It's it's not that hard. No, it's like, a little wedge. <laughs> it is. It's a little. But every single time that I've played it so far, when I've hit my wedge, I've dug so far into it because I'm trying to lift the yeah. ball and get it. You know, understood. Uh, yeah. So it set, settles nice on the green. Yeah. It. Yeah, I. It just doesn't go well for me. <laughs> basically, um, do you? Is there a trick that you have either been taught or taught yourself? Um, you know, one of the things when if I'm in the woods or I'm trying to punch out, one of the things that my dad always taught me was you can take a, a seven iron play it off your front foot and scull it and it can you can get a nice kind of line drive that stays low to the ground that's helped me out of a jam you know several times are there any tricks of the trade that you've picked up like that yeah obviously take a take a lower iron like a seven iron or like a five four something like that and i actually play in the back of my stance and i just close my club face a little bit so it it has a lower trajectory so if there's a tree limb or something like that and it's, I find it really easy to shape shots like that. So if I need to go out and then to the right, I can play it so where it cuts. Or if I need to draw it, I can play it where it draws. But yeah, definitely, uh, I guess take a lower iron, I should say, like a four. And then, um, yeah, just play it off your back foot and try to get a low trajectory off of it. Do you think people realize the amount of nuance that is involved in the game of golf? That it's not simply just hitting the ball and then chasing it? Yeah, I mean, I... Um, I know with with experience that with my golf swing, if I just know that if my thumb is like thirty degrees off, I'll I mean that's that's a difference in like fifteen yards left or straight. So it's there's a lot of just little little things that you have to pay attention to and little things that you have to dial in every single time that you that you think about a shot or you try to pull off a shot for sure. How how different is training with golf? I mean, what do you do aside from playing rounds of golf? during the golf season to keep yourself uh, fit different differently than playing basketball or other sports? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll i be honest, I like practicing golf a lot more than I like practicing <laughs> basketball. Just because, I mean, golf's one of those sports where obviously there's not a lot of, like, conditioning, I, I would say. But actually, one of the biggest things that I find helps is um, yoga. It's, it's kind of weird, but um, doing... Yeah, because it's about flexibility. Yeah, doing Bikram yeah. hot yoga and then doing just regular yoga and... Uh, just actually just doing stretches people always just want to go work out but I think yeah being able to be flexible and um being able to stretch your bodies in ways that you didn't think you could is actually huge for golf and I think that um that's probably the best best way that I train in the off season I guess you could say or practice I would say you're headed to Ferris State to play uh, golf there yes. uh how does it feel knowing that you're continuing your athletic career in college at the next level it feels great i mean um, golf's a sport i've grown up loving and uh, to be able to play it continually competitively i should say um, in the college level is an unbelievable honor and um, yeah i i just i couldn't think of a better sport to play in college i couldn't see myself doing anything else has the game uh, i want to bring it back to your dad real quick Mm -hmm. Um, you brought him up a couple of times but what 
has the how has golf helped you build your relationship with your father? I know that golf was a big thing between my dad and myself, except when I was a petulant teen and wasn't good at golf and got angry all the time. Were you ever one to throw your club? Have you ever been? Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, there's whether I'm by myself or even with friends, there's always those days where not necessarily playing, but um, practicing, it's just you can't get a shot to go your way. And um, no matter how many times you try it, no matter how many things you try with it, it just it just isn't going. And, yeah, you can get a little upset. Golf's a game of emotions. Yeah, my dad used to, he admitted to me later on that he would take me golfing, but there were a lot of times where he's like, I don't want to be around this kid right now. Um, but as I've gotten older and as, uh, as our relationship has changed, you know, golf is something that we've we bonded over. Is it the same thing with you and your dad? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, um, I would say in basketball-wise, that was my favorite part of basketball throughout any time in my career was just going into the gym with my dad. Even, like, that even trumps, like, the games – the hype behind the games, the practices, going to be, being able to go in with my dad and work with him um, was huge in developing our relationship. And the same with golf. I mean, he's been in go he's been involved in golf, and I used to go to the golf practices in high school. I used to go to the high school uh, basketball practices when he was coaching. So I mean, just being around the game, and um, just like in basketball, he always pushes me in golf, uh, even though it's, <laughs> it's kind of tough to push someone in golf. But at the same time, he just pushed me to be the best, and. Um, yeah, just to work hard at it and just know that I've been blessed with a gift and to take advantage of it for sure. Well, going back to basketball, what what is the what is the phenomenal difference between playing Frankfurt in the regular season and playing Frankfurt in the regular season for you guys? Forty four points. <laughs> it was it was a forty four point difference for sure. Yeah, no, we. I mean, I I don't know if we didn't show up or we we're just all thinking about girls or something during the game who knows but um yeah we just didn't we didn't perform at all in the regular season I mean both times it was you look at our team and you're like wow these guys are gonna get smoked but I mean we we bought into uh what our coach was saying that he always said from day one that we um had a legitimate shot to win the district championship so I mean we are always working towards that and I mean I, I wish I could tell you that we were just bluffing during those regular season games, but we weren't. <laughs> we, were, we were going hard, but yeah, it just came out differently. They were ready to play those two games, and I think um, it just flipped in the second game. I mean, Frankfurt's an unbelievable team. I mean, some of the players they have are great talents, and I mean, um, to be able to be matched up with them was just great for us, and then to be able to pull off a win in a, at our home crowd was huge. He guys did it two years in a row. Yeah. And yeah. You, after the first time it happened, do you, you, did Frankfurt maybe kind of, do you think, approach the second time? Like, oh, this can't happen again. Abs I mean, I I think there was a little bit of that, and I think they're a little bit like, we want to prove to everyone that we're just going to smoke these guys. Like, last year was a fluke, and um, I don't know if it was just overthinking it too much, or yeah, just came in there thinking they were just going to destroy us. But, I mean, they... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to say to that. <laughs> well, Thomas, uh, thank you so much for coming into the studio, chatting with us for a while. I uh, really appreciate it. It was a pleasure talking to you, and uh, I will more than likely hit you up for some more golf tips uh, later on. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it.
Once again, a big thank you to Mr. Thomas Hersey for coming in here and chatting with us for a while. Uh, as always, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, it's always uh, a lot of fun uh, to talk to, uh, to the athletes around here and get to know them a little bit better outside of just seeing them perform uh, on the field or on the court or, or on the course or wherever they may be. Um, before we get into our, the, uh, our Athlete of the Week and the Get Around Hall of Fame, a uh, quick uh, way for you guys out there, if you want to win a couple of movie passes to the State and Bijou Theaters, all you got to do is retweet or share this podcast. Or, hell, even if you just like it, honestly. I mean, we would prefer that you shared it because that means that we're getting more reach. But, yeah, uh, retweet or share the link to the podcast uh, for a chance to win two free movie passes to the State and Bijou Theaters. Uh, we will announce the winner next week. If And even if you're not aware of this and you don't know and it, you just happen to share it in this uh, couple of things, uh, present company is excluded from this. We, it, we can't retweet it and win movie passes. Damn it. Uh, also, these movie passes are coming from my personal stash, so uh, a little thank you would be nice. Thanks, Brendan. Um, and Jake, your mom can't win either. I'll just have her change her name on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tweet, uh, share, whatever, and uh, uh, for a chance to win two free movie passes to the State and Bijou Theaters. All right, let's get right into the Get Around Hall of Fame. This week we've got three athletes up for our Athlete of the Week and continuing the Thomas Hersey conversation. Uh, Brett, who are you putting up this week? Well, you just you just said it. I'm, I'm putting up Thomas Hersey. Uh, we went over his two tournament wins um, You know, over the course of the last week. He's at least locally been untouchable basically by anybody else in the area. Um, you know, he was going back to the TCT off. He was third, but uh, you know, the, the winner of that tournament was not from around here. So um, he's one of the best that uh, we have as far as prep golf goes. And, you know, those two wins last week gets uh, my nomination for player of the week. And right now, early on, he's a, he's a lock for record eagle golfer of the year. Jake, who are you putting up? So this week I'm going to put up Eric Lamonte from TC West, uh, track runner. Uh, he's a sprinter, and he just broke the school record at TC West for the 100 just about two weeks ago uh, with 10.41 seconds. And uh, just this past weekend he was at Ken Bell and won the 100 and the 200 um, with some pretty high-ranked teams and some pretty high-ranked runners out there. So um, I think he's keeping up a good work. And, you know, I talked to his coach and he said how impressive it is. He said he thinks he's the fastest kid in Traverse City history, not just Traverse City West, but Traverse City history. And he said it's just a pleasure to watch this kid. So, you know, something along those lines is, uh, you know, pretty impressive with him being able to keep up that those those numbers. Yeah, watching that kid on the football field when, when he got some space and he could move, he was he was gone. All you, you were just getting exhaust fumes. Yeah, I mean, and, that's, and the Ken Bell had some pretty high-level competition there this year. I mean, to uh, East Kentwood is like one of the best track teams on this side of the state. Um, and, and Central and West were going head-to-head with them in almost every event and doing pretty well overall as well. James, who's getting your nod this week for the Get Around Hall of Fame? Mackenzie Leach from Kalkaska. So yeah. a week after Wilkinson won it. Are we going with another blazer? Another Kalkaska pitcher. Uh, yeah, she had uh, four strikeouts and a win over Gladwin this week. Uh, another four strikeouts of a win over Adrian, um, which I believe is Class A school. 
Um, and then uh, 9Ks in a 12-to-1 win over Grayling. Okay, votes for you guys. Uh, who are we Who are we going with here? We've got uh, Brett. You continue to, to put up solid candidates, and you, like you say, you always come to play. Uh, Atnip's got a good one. Jimmy James, good candidate as well. What are we thinking? Brett, we'll start with you. Who are you voting for? Why do I always have to start? Because I just want to hear you say the name of the athlete that you put up. Because we almost always assume that you're going to vote for your own. But what if I wasn't going to this time? All right, Jake, who are you voting for this week? Well, since I'm going first, I guess I have to vote for my own. I'm going to go with Eric Labonte. All right, Eric, TC West, Eric Labonte, one vote. James? I'll go with Labonte, too. All right. Ah! I will also go with Eric Labonte. All right, I am... I just did that to cut Brett off. I will uh, I'll cast my vote for uh, Thomas Hersey, our guest. I, I figured I was going to go down, but I wasn't going to sink my own ship. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, congratulations to Traverse City West sprinter Eric Labonte. Uh, your performance last week was enough to enshrine you this week in the Get Around Hall of Fame. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Put a beautiful little bow on it. With the trifecta slash hambone slash, uh, well, James and I were we had a, a, our little pre-show fist fight before. Um, well, not actual fist fight, but just just discussing what we were gonna talk <laughs> it's about. Just what we call it. Just people. what we were gonna discuss on the show uh, today. And he's like, "Oh, what if we call it the wheelhouse?" And like, right, well, if we don't call it the wheelhouse, we definitely have to find a segment. I have to create a segment for the name the wheelhouse, just because I like that that much. Adnip is like. Uh, we, remember, yeah. I told you that could totally be the wheelhouse. What could totally that, be the wheelhouse? Oh, quick, very good. Quick, like, put them right in your wheelhouse, put those questions right in your wheelhouse. Look at this. This is teamwork right here, ladies and gentlemen. You are seeing this happen. This is. We're hearing it. That you just are, happened. You are audibly viewing history in the making right now. Adnip uh, came in uh, last week and had this idea of uh, what, like, five rapid fire questions yeah. that we would ask the guest. And. Unbeknownst to myself, but James comes in with the name, and there we go. So uh, I like it. I like the pairing of uh, quick rapid-fire questions, and we'll call it the wheelhouse. Boom and boom. Very nice. So, but let's get into this week's hambone trifecta, tribone, whatever you want to call it, hamfecta. Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right, let's get into this week's hamfecta, and uh, <laughs> the category is uh, famous athletes that share our first name. I was pretty much, uh, I only had one to choose from, and that was uh, former Detroit Red Wing Brendan Shanahan. So I know that he doesn't fall on the list of favorite athletes. No, he doesn't. And the reason that I thought of this, and so there's a little bit of story behind behind this, is uh, I was, I think it was Friday night, uh, I, I was out taking the dogs for a walk, and uh, I was thinking about my, my good friend, Brett Summers. Uh, he was just, uh, you know, he just happens to wander through my thoughts every once in a while throughout the day, and... Uh, I couldn't help but underneath the beautiful night sky of Traverse City and like, oh, oh, if only Brett were here with me right now, hanging out with the dogs. But what he, I, last week uh, we discussed, during the podcast, it didn't actually make the show, but we were discussing uh, Brett's love of the Packers and, uh, and specifically Brett Favre. And it wasn't until last Friday walking the dogs that I was like, oh, Brett Summers, Brett Favre, they have the same first name. Very interesting. 
And honestly, I don't know why it took it that long to click for me, but that is that it really does. Like, I wonder if that's another reason why Brett likes Brett Favre because they share the first name. So, with that said, uh, you can't choose Brett Favre. Go to hell. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a couple other names on the list, though, uh, for different reasons. Um, Brett Hull, obviously great hockey player, one of oh, yeah. the top five scorers in NHL history. And um, then Brett Kiesel, because he has the greatest beard ever grown. Uh, he doesn't play for the Steelers anymore, but... I'd like to grow a beard like that at some point, but I know that's not going to happen. I don't have. The, you had I, don't, a, I don't have the Norseman genes that he has. You had a pretty. Hey, have you seen, have you, you seen you had Brett a Kiesel's lengthy. beard? Yeah, but have you seen Kiesel's beard? It's it, yeah, it's all around us at all times. <laughs> Kiesel's beard. It's it's he, like he looks like a Norse god. Exactly. Well, I was going to say it's like God. God is always around us. We put a helmet on. Kiesel's beard is always around. Yeah, us. Yeah, when you put a helmet on, all you could see was beard and eyes. Our podcast studio is actually soundproof by Kiesel's beard. Yes. <laughs> we just, we, all the trimmings, we just, we have plastered it up on the wall. But, uh, yeah, Brett Favre, definitely uh, number one. You know, I don't actually remember having that moment as a kid where, you know, I was cheering for him because he had the same name. I just thought it was really cool that we did. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me if I was named after him, but... It was actually uh, almost almost three years after I was born before he ever uh, played his first game for the Packers, so that was not the case. It was just, just kismet, that's all. And I, I don't think that uh, my either of my parents really had any idea of what was going on in southern Mississippi at the time. <laughs> so, uh, you never no, know. no connection there, but... Um, yeah, there, to, in my opinion, there will never be a more fun football player to watch play the game. To, to, get, a, uh, to get a wrestling reference in for Harrison Beebe, you could go Brett the Hitman Hart. That's what I was thinking. But that Brett only has one T. So. Fail. You got you to gotta have Real two Bretts T's. have the two. Yeah. So I went with, uh, as I said, Brendan Shanahan, former Detroit Red Wing, and yeah, it's tough for me as a diehard Chicago Blackhawks fan to, to go with that but Shanahan uh, I was doing some Wikipedia research which we all know is the best place to go and get your if you want to get yeah. you know correct facts but uh, second overall pick in 87 three Stanley Cups uh, he is one of the few in the triple gold club which I don't know if you guys know what that is but it's Stanley Cup Olympic gold uh, uh, medal winner and a world championship winner only player in NHL history f- to score more than 600 goals and have 2,000-plus penalty minutes. Uh, and uh, he was also named one of the NHL's uh, 100 greatest players. So I feel like I'm in pretty good company with uh, with Brandon Shanahan. He's now an executive with the NHL, I believe, right? He's yeah. He's, like, in control. Like, he hands down the suspensions. Oh, is it? I think he hands down the suspensions. Yeah. With the NHL. Or something, yeah. Well, that's it's right. kind of ironic. Yeah, it is plus penalty minutes. <laughs> funny, funny, uh, funny Brett and Shanahan story. Uh, way back in the day when we covered, when we had training camp here, um, I had uh, I had lost a bet with with Jeff Peak, who was a reporter here, and uh, I was going to have to ask Brendan Shanahan a certain question during a press conference, and the the question was going to be, you know, this was uh, this was the season after he just like 
wasn't there in the playoffs. Like, didn't show up, didn't score any goals. Just complete. It was a complete fail in the playoffs. And I was supposed to ha- have to ask Brendan Shanahan what you know how disappointed he was being hurt for the entire playoffs, and then wait for his explanation that he wasn't hurt. <laughs> But you didn't but, have to do that. But luckily, he retired after that season, so I didn't have to do it. <laughs> so you still owe on that bet in some form or fashion, or was there were a, uh, another agreement reached? I don't. I can't remember if it was exactly a bet or whatever, but it, you know, it was just he dared me to do it or or something. But uh, so I, I was lucky to not have to do that. Brett, I saw as James was talking, and uh, you weren't listening, nor were the other two of us. No, I, just I, as, I checked out. You checked out, but. At, at, I see that you were looking at our big board of signatures. And I was. The, uh, the, the board that the athletes sign when they come in to uh, join the podcast. So we've got two mysteries right now. One, someone brought in a framed photo into the studio that's put up there of the, what, the North Texas Admirals? Texas, Texas Arlington. And Texas. if the person who brought it in is listening, I did notice the very first day that it was in here. But that's as close as we are to solving that mystery. And now playing Northwestern. <laughs> now we've just noticed a tiny signature uh, in the bottom right-hand corner of the big board, and we're we're trying to figure out who that was because we've got Hersey's signature, Olivia Feebing's, uh, McKenna DeVries, Cassidy Henshaw, Remy King, uh, Jalen Dobrovolsky, uh, Denver Cade. Have there been another? Well, we, we've had Rogers and Loney, but as far as I know, they haven't been back to sign. Right. Um, I mean, and we have made an open invitation for anyone who didn't get to sign it before we put it up to come back and sign. Yeah, for those uh, that doesn't look familiar, our, our big board of signatures. We can't read the name. It looks like I don't know. Looks like it starts with a J. I was thinking like yeah, it looked like Jillian Shaw, but I don't. It looks like That's not what it looks like, but it. Are we? Yeah. Because we, we started this after uh, we had uh, Muzlakovic in here. Olivia Feebing mm-hmm. was our first uh, to sign. That'd be too short to be Muzlakovic anyways. <laughs> yes. Unless he just signs at Muzl. Well, there's what, there's, what, there's what Muzlakovic's signature looks like. We'll, uh, we'll have to get uh, Scooby-Doo in the mystery team or whatever the hell they're called. Well, they ride in the mystery bus. The mystery bus. Van. Mystery wow. van. Okay. Mystery van. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, well, mystery uh, ink is what it was. I a think. mystery is afoot. Mystery so, machine. No, no, it's not a mystery ink. I do hope that it is someone who is on the podcast, though. Yeah, because it would be pretty douchey of someone to come in here and sign the athlete. We didn't even sign it. I didn't even sign it, and I want... We did I mean, sign the table. We did sign the table, yeah, we did that, of course. Um, but, yeah, I, we'll have to go through the guest list and figure out who that is. Anyway, James, uh, your Hamfecta choice. Um, Hamfecta, it sounds almost like a disease. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a hamfection. <laughs> it's... It's festering right now. I've got a festering ham faction. Honey go, ham faction. <laughs> go home and eat some <laughs> ham. A little and bit take of care botulism. Of that. <laughs> That's pork, right? Botulism. Yes. Yeah. Well, I know you told you told him he couldn't take Brett Favre, and he did anyway. So you told me I couldn't take LeBron James, but you I'm can't. gonna anyway. First, first name. We didn't say first. It didn't say first name. You just said name. Oh, I'll show you. Oh, it says name. first name. Share a first name with with whom you share a first name. I'm pretty sure yeah, that is what it says. A first James name, right? Cook. 
Sure, share your, your first, first name. name. Doesn't say their last name. Bam! Yeah, it doesn't say their last name. It says the first name. <sighs> James. Because the second I was going to have to go with James Harden, and I hate James Harden. Why? There's plenty I don't like Brendan Shannon. I can't, I can't root for a guy who doesn't play defense at all. There's plenty of more James I don't hate out James there. Harden. I just, I just really dislike the fact that he doesn't put any effort at all into defense. I mean, there's a lot of Jimmys out there you could have went with. I mean, I could go, okay, the other ones, other ones Jimmy that I had James were James Worthy. Oh, okay. James Worthy. There's James, your Harrison. Harrison. James Harrison. Yeah. James Harrison. And uh, I found that there was a guy who played for the Cleveland Indians back in the 1910s named Lefty James. And I'm a lefty. Perfect. So, yeah, career, career 3.39 ERA. All right, so we've got best famous athletes. What about best uh, local athletes? The, James and I also discussed this. I had brought up James Eno for him, Brendan Shenard. Brett for Zimmerman. Brett Zimmerman for you, Brendan Shenard for myself. I think the only one I can remember right now, I think his name's Jake Hardenberg or... Bardenhagen. 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 Jake Bardenhagen. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Jake Bardenhagen. Picture at T.C. Christian. So future, we should get all of them into just one week uh, host... They just take over. They for take us. over the the <laughs> podcast hosted by Brendan Shenard. Who are you going with, James? Uh, who, said, who said it was Eno, right? James Eno, uh, Jake yeah. Barton Hagen, and Brett Zimmerman. I think that would actually be a pretty. I want to let's try to. We can convince. Are you all just trying to get out of some work? Yes. <laughs> Always trying to get out of some work. That's not true. I would work all of the time, considering the, uh, you know, whole paid by the hour thing. That's the. That's how you make your. The moolah. other one that I could go with that would make Brett happy would be James Lofton. Also a solid choice. Any relation to Kenny Lofton? Oh, I didn't even no. give my favorite player yet, did I? Oh, you, you didn't? No. Well, yeah, we were almost just going to gloss right over you. I just, I just like, thought about it. <laughs> all right, so, uh, yeah. Um, Atnip. Team me up. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I was kind of torn here. I don't really know of too many stellar athletes with the name Jake. But I think I'm going to go with Jake Arrieta. Just because I, I remember watching him pitch with the Cubs and the, all the World Series and complete game. And I you know, always watch him have a no-hitter. But there's not many more that come to mind, so I'll go with Jake Arrieta. Well, we discussed this. Jake Long, Jake Lamb, Jake Delhomme, Jake Ryan. Some good Jakes out there. Mm-hmm. Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake Queeley. Jake the Snake Plumber. <laughs> what? My brother. Not much of an athlete, though. An artist and a musician. I don't know who my least favorite Jake is. The one from State Farm. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. Hey, guess what, Audible viewers? We'd love to hear from you. If you want to share uh, your favorite athlete that you share a first name with or with whom you share a first name. Or perhaps you are named after an athlete. Or perhaps, yes, you are named after an athlete like that... Uh, uh, that couple whose last name was Fields, and they named their daughter Wrigley, which is stupid as shit. Or perhaps you think an athlete was named after you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we... we <laughs> what what? <laughs> in the world? <laughs> Tell us. If, if you think somebody was named after you, let us know. Yeah. Uh, but yes, to our uh, Audible viewers out there, let us know. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at TCRE Sports. Uh, you can also find the four of us at Jake Atnip, at James Cook 14, at BA Sports Writer, and at Brendan Queeley. That is going to wrap up this edition of the Get Around podcast. Uh, 
again, a thank you to our listeners, our Audible viewers out there for tuning in this week. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, remember, uh, retweet or share this for a chance at two uh, free movie passes to the State and Bijou Theaters. Uh, I have been your host, Brendan Queeley, and joining me in the studio this week, uh, I'm just, again, I, I say this often, but uh, the, the team that I work with is just incredible. Brett Summers, Jake Atnip, James Cook, uh, thank you so much for being here with me and putting up with me and putting up with each other. So this has been episode 34 of the Get Around Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Come back next week. Mm-hmm.